Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Scholklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. Welcome back. I'm going to jump right in. Step nine. I know this can be scary, but you can do it. Either whether you do it slowly or quickly, you'll do the best you can. And some of this step needs to happen over time. So as much as possible, pairing eight and nine together is a good way. And it may take time and consultation with either a sponsor or people in your community or with uh, actually always with your higher power of how to do some of these amends slash if they're even appropriate. We've got 12 quotes. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Quote number one, allowing other people to have their paths and issues and learning to have our own, unquote. This is Coda 101, Recovery 101. It's stay in your own lane. Sometimes that means that we need to feel our own things in order to heal. Sometimes that means we need to let other people have their own higher power and make their own decisions. Always, actually. Quote number two. Our goal in this is to forgive each person who has harmed us. But first, we must do something important. We must work through and experience fully our feelings. We must clearly identify and accept the abuse. We need to figure out what our new behaviors and responses to others need to be so the abuse or mistreatment doesn't continue. And then we will be led into forgiveness, unquote. You got to feel it, process, grow, no more self-abandonment. And because we will have spent time figuring out how we want to respond differently, more appropriately in the future, we'll then feel safe enough to forgive. It's almost like the process begets the forgiveness. And learning what are these lessons that we need to know? What did, what did I need to know from that situation? Not always there's a clear reason, especially when it comes to childhood abuse, but sometimes there is actually a lesson to be learned. Quote number three, sometimes the lesson is establishing boundaries. Sometimes the lesson is learning to say no. Sometimes the lesson is learning to own our power and respect and trust our feelings, wants, and needs. Sometimes the lesson isn't clear, and all we can do is accept that the incident happened." Unquote. Establishing boundaries, learning to say no, owning our power, respecting our own decisions, our feelings, our wants, and needs and allowing others to have their own, and sometimes being prepared to understand that clarity takes time. It's okay. We may not have all the answers right away. Probably we won't, and that's okay. And here are some guidelines to making amends. Quote number four, often the shorter the amend, the better. The cleaner and clearer, the better. The more direct, the better. The more it comes from the heart, the better. 
the more it is led by divine guidance, the better, unquote. It's about being genuine. It's about being concise and clear and direct. The healing comes from the honesty, not necessarily from having all of the right tools or saying it exactly the right way. It's more about the sincerity that goes in, the intent that goes in, and being really clear that what you're doing is for a higher purpose, is for the healing. Be genuine. Quote number five. Sometimes I've said, I'm sorry if what I need to do to take care of myself hurt you. It was not intended or designed to do that, unquote. I talked about this a little bit in step eight, I think, where if what we were doing was taking care of ourselves, we really don't owe somebody else another an apology for that. And this is just acknowledging that others may feel hurt, even though what you're doing really has nothing to do with them. This is a sort of optional line for those people who you feel like you really want to preserve some form of relationship, but and recognize that they're hurting and confused maybe about why all of a sudden you're changing, but without actually apologizing. Just you're apologizing because you, you know it hurts them and they don't understand, but not apologizing for what you're doing because you're doing something that's good for you. And hopefully if they're good friends or relationships that you can uphold into the future, they're going to understand that you need to take care of yourself. In my opinion, this next one is maybe the most important. And I've talked about this a bunch already in all of the steps, really. But this is about making amends to ourselves. It's a longer quote, so I'll read it. Quote number six, all of recovery... All of what we are going through has to do with making an amend to ourselves. Giving ourselves permission to have our feelings is an amend. Giving ourselves permission to be alive and happy is an amend. Taking gentle, compassionate, loving care of ourselves is an amend. Learning to set boundaries, be direct, and stop defeating and victimizing ourselves is an amend. Learning to stop allowing others to mistreat and control us is an amend. Learning to stop expecting perfection of ourselves, own our power, and be who we are is an amend to ourselves. Learning to listen to and trust ourselves is an important amend. Learning to trust our instincts and value our feelings and needs is an amend. We may have many amends to make that frightened, abused, or neglected child within us. Wait, sorry. I'm going to read that again. We may have many amends to make to that frightened, abused, or neglected child within us. Amends for being so critical, negligent, and shameful. We owe ourselves an apology and changed behavior for not allowing ourselves to receive the love and nurturing we need, especially from ourselves. We owe ourselves an apology and changed behavior for the sometimes terrible ideas we have maintained, dwelled on, and believed about ourselves, that we aren't lovable, aren't good enough, can't think, don't deserve success, don't deserve to have fun, or don't deserve to recover, are untrue beliefs we have assumed, beliefs that need correcting as part of this program of making amends to ourselves, unquote. To my opinion, if we haven't made an amend to ourselves in this step, 
the whole process is going to be incomplete. And it's, it's almost like part of the root of the codependency is the fact that we haven't recognized the ways in which we are abandoning ourselves, we are victimizing ourselves, we're defeating ourselves, we're allowing other people to control or mistreat us, expecting things of ourselves that are unreasonable, talking down to ourselves, not taking care of our inner child, making actually an apology and actually changed behavior for the terrible ideas that we held as true. That's got to be part of this process. And I understand that that takes time and actually probably for a lot of people will require some form of maybe counseling, extra reflection, journaling, talking to a sponsor, some external help beyond just showing up to meetings on a weekly basis. That's the beauty of the step study is it gives you hopefully an opportunity to go through exercises on a weekly basis or you know however often to just really purposefully go through and actually heal in a way that going to meetings is just not going to do on its own. Working a program is showing up to meetings, doing steps, living in consultation, and being of service. And learning that the self-abandonment is self-abuse, that the codependency is self-abuse, and actually learning to make amends to yourself, part of that is rehabilitating our beliefs about ourselves and changing the agreements that we have about what's true. One of the books that I've been recommending to people ever since I read it several years ago, and I, I remind myself of it all the time, is the, the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. He talks about the agreements that we make, the ways that we talk about ourselves. And I think that book is foundational to really helping unpack the ways that we subjugate ourselves. We actually harm ourselves through the things that we believe. Quote number seven. I spent years looking to other people, looking to relationships to take care of the child within me. I looked to relationships to comfort my fear and to nurture, support, and protect that child within. I looked for relationships to be there for me because I wasn't willing to be there for myself. I didn't know how. Now, slowly, I'm learning a better way. I'm learning how to listen to that child I abandoned most of my life. I'm learning ways to get in touch with her, hear her, and give her the comfort, nurturing, protection, guidance, and discipline she needs, unquote. Right, what a relief to recognize, to finally see that the source of some of the loneliness and disrepair and codependency is that we're looking towards other people to do something that we must do for ourselves, that actually once we know how to do it for ourselves and are doing it for ourselves, then we can actually model and describe to others how to do it for us. So it's not just that we're going to have to do it for ourselves forever and ever, and nobody's ever going to be allowed to take care of us. It's not that. It's that you need to know how to do it for yourself so that, number one, you have a base of stability. You're not relying on other people to do something they can't do for you. Number two, you actually know how to do it. So 
when you're describing to other people what your needs are, they actually are succinct and direct and boundaried and you know exactly what it is you need because you've done that for yourself. It's, this is actually fixing the actual source of the problem and healing it. The inner child stuff, I think, sounded a little silly, maybe. <laughs> and I think it does to a lot of people. But let's jump into quote eight and see what she says. Quote eight, this behavior of nurturing the child within is not foolish, as I once believed. It's healing. A few moments a day of caring for that child frees my adult to be rejuvenated and responsible and lets my child feel warm, safe, and cared for. It also enables me to be a nurturing, effective parent to my children. They have taught me much about my inner child and what she needs. My inner child helps me helps teach me about what my children need, unquote. So whether or not you're a parent, this inner child work actually helps you as an adult to be actually feeling cared for and safe because you're doing that for yourself. But then if you're a parent, even more so, you're healing not only for yourself, your kids are going to benefit from the work that you've done too. You'll understand better how to care for them. Or maybe by caring for them, you start to understand the ways in which you could better care for yourself over time, or maybe even sometimes a little bit of a painfully recognition that you didn't, you weren't cared for in that way. And that might hurt a little, but also recognizing that now you can do that for yourself as well. And if you're doing the, the work of this program, you'll start to do that as well. Quote number nine, I needed to forgive myself and develop a better relationship with myself. I needed to talk better to and about myself. I needed to forgive and forget. I needed to stop punishing myself for the wrongs I had done and for what others had done to me, unquote. This is a step of forgiveness for ourselves and for others so that we can heal and we can stop punishing ourselves. Quote number 10. There is a frightened, vulnerable child within each of us, but there is also a powerful healer, protector, and nurturer within that can take care of that child and help it and ourselves heal. Unquote. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> I mean, we have this ability to actually care for ourselves. We're learning to be there for ourselves. We're learning to take care of ourselves, to nurture and protect ourselves, not to abandon ourselves, and to have a relationship with a part of us that feels scared or frightened or vulnerable, the part of us that keeps us codependent. Quote number 11, we need to begin addressing ourselves in a loving way, a way that will enable us to heal a way that is self-respecting, self-trusting, nourishing, and nurturing, in a way that is respectful of others. As with our other amends, the process begins with willingness, with doing what's obvious, and with asking for and receiving divine guidance in the process. We will be shown all we need to do to take care of ourselves with others 
and to begin taking loving care of ourselves, if we're open to that. We will be set free from our anger and resentments towards others and ourselves. We will be healed. That's the miracle of this process. Everything we need will come to us when we are ready for it, unquote. That's the question of like, how do we do this practically? And the answer is become willing. Become willing. And if you're open to this learning how to be divinely guided guided to learn how to love yourself, am I willing to heal? Ask yourself, am I willing to heal? To have healthy, loving relationships with myself and others, to be relieved of the heaviness, to heal. And if the answer to that is yes, it'll be so. That's the miracle. Everything will come, maybe not all at once, but when we're ready for it, it will be so. It's true, actually. I don't know, it sounds like a big promise, but it actually is true. Progressively, steadily, and sometimes kind of all at once. And these steps are built for that. That's what they're doing. That's why we're doing these steps. Even if they're difficult, we have to confront some of our old beliefs, patterns, try new things. That's a lot of energy to put in, but it's worth it. Quote number 12. We can repress or deny, which for many of us is our old way of reacting. We can become defensive, we can run, we can hide. Or we can embrace this formula of looking within, identifying our part, talking to another person and God about the incident, admitting it to ourselves, becoming willing to make an amend, then actively making that amend, unquote. The temptation is to step backwards. But we have this other opportunity to accept, become aware, find the ways that are getting in our getting in our way and root them out. It's step four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We identify our part, talk to another person, that's step five, and God about the incident, admit it to ourselves, number six, seven, eight, become willing to make an amend, nine, then actually make the amend. And that's how we do it. Step nine is about making the amend, and making the amend to yourself can look like writing yourself, journaling to yourself, speaking to yourself, an apology for how you've been, and also actually changing the way that you behave, changing the way that you speak to yourself, not allowing yourself to to diminish yourself, to bully yourself. See you in step 10, keep coming back. It works if you work it and you are worth it. See you in step 10. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K.